This is the 200 Churches Podcast, episode 38. We wanted to grow, not because I wanted to get bigger, but when you walk through the streets of our community in Philadelphia, there are thousands and thousands of people who are lost, thousands of people who are unchurched. All we wanted to do was to reach these people. We didn't want to take people from other churches. We wanted to reach the unchurched people, and and really, in a real simple way, that was our goal. This is the 200 Churches Podcast, created to encourage and inspire pastors of small churches. Now, here are two guys who lead and pastor in a 200 church and strive to provide information and encouragement to make you smile, think, and be challenged. The Burger and Fries of Ministry Podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. I am Johnny Craig, and as always, I'm here with my hero, mentor, and friend. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Katie. Jeff Katie. How you doing? Man, fall has come to Northwest Iowa. It's beautiful. I went to visit somebody the other day, and I walked across their front lawn, and I was crunching the leaves. Yes. And it was the first time. That's, I realized that there were leaves on the ground. It is a good... F- if you are in a climate where you don't get to enjoy the turning of the seasons, I do feel bad. I don't feel bad that you're missing winter. You're lucky. But coming into fall, the smells, the the crunching of leaves, the, the wonder of it all, the fires. Oh, I could go on forever. I love the fall. And in case you're wondering, we are recording this in September 2013. Oh, sure. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff. You've been talking a lot about the years lately. You think we're good for posterity here? Oh man, they just they just fly by. I mean, it seems like just yesterday it was you know 2012. (laughs) I mean 1982. That's about right. (laughs) So today um, we have a, a conversation that Jeff had. With someone, I was not able to be there, so um, you will get to enjoy some time without my voice. But Jeff, just introduce just introduce Rob to the people. Yeah, Rob Tarnavisky is a pastor of a church in the Franklin Mills Shopping Center in Northeast Philadelphia. His church is located in a building that was their uh, 10 Cinema Theater building. Oh. They've taken that building over, and I think they've been in that building now for... Oh, man. I'm going to guess eight years. That's okay. just a guess. I'm not sure. Uh, Rob and I were college roommates. Oh, okay. So we were best men in each other's weddings. You know, we've I done see. stuff over the years. All I mean, right. we have been friends. We met 30 years ago last month. 30 years. I so. mean, old friends are good, but there's something to be said about new friends. You know, yeah, yeah. fresh, fresh, young, you know, friends. Oh, oh, I see how it is. I see how it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, it's always nice to have okay. some buddies, but the, the the new people in your life who really challenge you well, and move you, know you those if are you're, the... If you're feeling threatened, Johnny, <laughs> you should be happy that he is about, oh, 1,600 miles away. Okay, just don't go... I don't want this to become the 200 Churches podcast with Jeff and Rob. Well, hey, you, hey, you never know. Come on, man. Uh, no, Rob has been... Rob is in a church that right now is running around 1,400, a little bit more. But his church, uh, he's been there for 17 years. That is a long time. And Johnny, you and I were talking about this. I think Rob is a 200 church pastor, but he's been at the church so long that he's finally managed to get this church to 1,400 people. Right. So this is no like instantaneous success story. And over the last 17 years, uh, I have kind of 
uh, rode the waves with him sure. up and down and up and down. But one of the cool things is Rob and his staff, uh, and I got to spend some time with them last year, they love Philadelphia. They love the people in their church, and they love the people in their community. And they are willing to do whatever it takes to reach people in their community, in the neighborhoods surrounding their church building. They're, they're willing to do whatever it takes. And they've got a church where the leadership of the church has been for many years committed to reaching people in the community. Right. And Jeff and I, uh, we were talking at lunch today about this. We were talking about... Uh, a lot of times we hear in churches success stories of almost overnight booms that people will have. Especially in the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, anybody in my generation of church leadership in 20s and 30s uh, has grown up with these stories of mega church pastors, instant success. Yeah, we just started meeting, and then like in three weeks we had 3,000 people showing up. Amen. Amen, that's right. <laughs> and that's become kind of a glorification thing. And um, I'd like to do a podcast specifically about that in the future, but you find a guy like Rob, when he started at his church, it was 80 people. You told right. me. 80 people. 17 years later, you know, yeah, it's 1,400 people. But that's what makes him a 200 church pastor because he started as a 200 church pastor. In and less than 17 years, he grounded than, out. In less than two years ago, they were running in the eight to 900 range. Wow. Less than two years ago. Sure. So you, you had to put in 15 years before you hit this inflection point in your 16th and 17th year where all of a sudden you pop up over a thousand and you start gaining people by by the hundreds every few months. I think that's a good word for the 200 church pastors out there. And look, we say it all the time. We're not here to tell you you have to get big, okay? Um, but Rob says some things about growing to your kingdom potential um, right. in this conversation that I think are worth hearing. And I think after 17 years... He's able to say more clearly if he's you know reaching his kingdom potential than I could after being here one year, or somebody could even after being somewhere five years. So this, I think, this is a great conversation for people to hear, um, and I think Rob has a lot of really awesome things to tell the two hundred church pastor out there who who needs uh, maybe a little bit of a little boost in the way that they're feeling. Yeah, and th- this is special to me because Rob and I have been friends for so long. You know, we lived together for two years in a little, you know, like eight by eight dorm room. I don't remember how big it was. Maybe it was a little bit bigger than that. You know, we grounded out through Greek class, through preaching class, oh, yeah. through all oh. these classes together. And so uh, he's uh, he's pretty special to me. But let's go let's go forward and uh, let's go ahead and listen to this conversation. And just before we listen to this, you need to know that what we're going to play is I'm playing the part of the conversation that Rob and I had, kind of a personal part of the conversation that uh, he did not know we were actually starting the podcast yet. In fact, I didn't know, but I'm including it because Rob was very hesitant to speak as any kind of an authority on church ministry, which is crazy, but he's a humble guy, and he was very hesitant. He was sharing with me his hesitations to really have anything to contribute uh, to a podcast episode. So that's kind of the context of the beginning of this. And then we kind of joke, we kind of slide right into the podcast. So uh, here, here's the uh, conversation we had. What I wanted to talk to you about, because, I mean, when you got there, you had 80 people, right? Under 100 people. And yeah. so you've been at every stage. Um, so that's kind of what I want to talk. I don't really want to get into it until I push record. Because I I want it. Yeah, but but he, but here's but he, you know here's here's the deal though. Um, I 
it's not like when I got here, I had I had this master plan. I know that's the, that's the beauty of it, Rob. No, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like you you just you just sort of jump in and you start you start doing what you know you should be doing, and God blesses it. So how, how do I talk about that? Exactly what you just said. See, the best, the best material is not planned. It's not rehearsed. It's just, it's just real life. And and for you, see, you're the perfect person. Now, this you're going to be like episode whatever. I don't know, thirty nine, forty. Um, yeah, so what took you so long to find me? No, then? you're so freaking busy. <laughs> Say hello to your best friend in Iowa once in a while. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, because honestly, because to me that's to me that's that's my hesitancy in all this is when I sit at the leadership summit or I sit and I read books and you know I I just got done not too long ago Deep and Wide by Andy Stanley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you have you worked through that? Absolutely. I, I that, could hardly put that book down. That that might be the best book I've ever read <laughs> on church and church growth. Have, have you read it for serious? I'm serious, man. In fact, I I bought it on Kindle and I bought hard copies, a ten yeah. hard copies to give to my to give to my board. Yeah, it's outstanding. And I laid and, in bed reading it on my cell phone on my Kindle app. Well, after yeah. Debbie was asleep, I mean, I couldn't yeah. put it down. Yeah, he's out. That, that's outstanding. And so you know, when I read stuff like that. So much of it resonates with me. Like I, I listened to it. Um, have you ever listened to any books on Audible dot com? You know, I haven't. No, I haven't. Okay, a, a pastor out out in this area I was with recently was telling me that um, he listens to books when he runs. So you know, I've been running with Kelly a little bit, and I would listen to music or, or use the time to pray or think. And I thought, you know what? Let me try listening to books. So that's what I started doing. And so that was one of the books that I listened to. And so many of, so much of what he says in there, and the thing that I love about Andy Stanley is he's genius, but he's simple. And he takes the simple and he explains it. So I feel like so much of what he says in that book is, is stuff that people know. But what Andy Stanley is a master at being able to do, and Rick Warren does the same thing, right. is I feel like they take the obvious, they take the simple stuff, but they're able to break it down and show you why it works and how it's supposed to work. And I am just not wired that way. So when I'm listening to the book, I'm saying, yeah, I get this, and it resonates with me. It really resonates with me. But I could never, I could have never written that book. I'm not wired like that. Right. And so, you know, when I sit and I listen to speakers and stuff, that's always the hesitancy that I have. I feel like I agree with what you're saying. I I resonate with what you're saying. I get passionate about what you're saying. But if you give me a specific topic, I don't know that I could put it down like they do and say, let me show you how God did this. I'm much more, I just... I see much more big picture stuff. And so that's my hesitancy in all of this. So, you know, I get questions all the time. Hey, what have you guys done? And I just say, well, you know, we've just, <laughs> what we've haven't you done? 
what we've been busy. Done? <laughs> yeah, you know, we try stuff. We, you know, we this is this is everything we've done, but it's very different than Deep and Wide that Andy Stanley wrote. That's that's a you know that's genius, and I just feel like I don't think like that. But you don't think that Stanley's Church actually happened the way the book lays out. I'm sure it, it, he's a pastor, so it happened exactly like that. Because pastors <laughs> never lie or exaggerate. Amen, amen. Um, no, <laughs> no, I mean, I understand it, for, what you're for him, it was a lot the of same thing. Back. Yeah, because he strained it. He strained it. All the water, all the junk has gone out, and all you yeah. got in the colander are the noodles, right? And he puts the noodles in that book, and there right. you go. But it didn't. Right. I don't think it happened. Well, we know it didn't happen like that because no. you've heard him speak. I've heard him speak, and we've heard some of these yeah. behind-the-scenes and stories. And he shares a lot of the messes in the book, too. Right. Rob, great to have you on the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, the, the, you, you're the perfect one for this because, yeah, what did you do, right? I mean, you don't know. You just you, you outlasted you outlasted the critics and the quitters, basically all you did. And you were willing to take... Brutal as a lifestyle, yeah, and and it's what God did. I mean, it's what God did with the people that He put together at Bethel, even when there were less than a hundred people. You had the guys who were willing to pay the price early on to gather more people who were willing to pay the price later right. on. Because because again, when I arrived here, when I I arrived, I started here in April of ninety six. Seventeen years plus. Yep, yep, and before I arrived the elders and the the guy who was the senior pastor at the time they all took a trip out the willow sat through one of their church conferences and stuck around chicago for a couple of days afterwards and said we need we need to do this in philly and they're the ones who basically said this is the direction we need to move in because there are too many unchurched people around us they laid the groundwork so you know, they were looking for someone, in essence, to come in and partner with them. So I always, you know, people ask, you know, what, why is God blessing you? You know, one of the one of the things is the partnership, the unity that we have as pastors and elders. Hey, we have disagreements. We don't all agree on everything. But as far as the big stuff goes, the direction of the church, everybody's in agreement. And we take shots for it, but we take shots together for it. And that's a significant reason. I didn't have to come in. You have had a ton of work you've had to do with your churches everywhere you've gone. You were in New York, you had to do it. You're in, you were in Iowa, you had to do it. I, I really never had to do that. So there's, there's been tweaking and adjustments and all of that. But the general direction of Bethel was set you know, in the mid-'90s when the leadership team went out the willow and sat through the I forget what they called those conferences back then, CLC conferences or whatever they were. Right, right. Remember that? That's, yeah. that's the early stages. And so, you know, so it's stuff like that that I didn't have to go through that stuff. You have spent hours and hours and hours and hours working through stuff like that with your deacons and elders and stuff. But I came into a situation where they were already decided this is where we're going this is the direction we want to go in, and we're looking for a pastor who can help us get there. When you got there 17 years ago, what were you thinking was going to happen at this church? Like at the time, what were you like expecting? Jeff, I was I was 30 years old at the time. Um, 
I, I you know, when, I think when you're 30, you're, you're, I was fresh out of seminary. You know, you, you just you just want to sort of set the world on fire, and you're just looking for an opportunity to jump in. And so my wife and I were excited about the opportunity at Bethel 17 years ago because it was literally in the neighborhood that we grew up in. Um, especially um, Kelly, my wife, literally grew up right in that same area. And so what resonated with us was we knew the people. Philadelphia has its own culture. Its people think a certain way. And so we were very comfortable with that. And so what we were excited about when we started at Bethel was that we were able to be part of a church that was reaching the community that we already loved. And we were excited about reaching more people for Christ. That's what we went there for. And so we were a group of about 80 people. Um, at the time, we were a group of, um, if we were 80 at the time, 79 of us were white. And there was one Latino who was dating a white woman at the church. Scandalous. And scandalous. And, <laughs> you know, the community that we were in was a community that 20 years previous was a white working class community, Mm -hmm. but now it was a very mixed working class community, but the church didn't reflect that. And so what we really set out to do was just said, Hey, how can we effectively communicate the gospel to our community, but do it in a way where we're going to reach people, but not just white people. And so that's something we almost started with, immediately because the community was really changing around us. So the goal was, let's reach the community. Let's impact the community. You know, that's when um, Promise Keepers was at its height. Right. They would do those huge stadium events. Yep. And we took groups from our church to up to New York um, to do it, up to the Meadowlands. And um, I think we went down to Washington, D.C. for an event. And so we just got excited about reaching more men for God, and um, that was really our heart. So we just we wanted to grow, not because I wanted to get bigger, but when you walk through the streets of our community in Philadelphia, there are thousands and thousands of people who are lost, thousands of people who are unchurched. All we wanted to do was to reach these people. We didn't want it take people from other churches. We wanted to reach the unchurched people and, and really in a real simple way, that was our goal to bring these people in and, and see them connect with Christ. And you had a group of people there that already had that heart and passion, right? I mean, they, they, they they did. I, I started in April of 1996 and, and prior to arriving at the church, um, the leadership team, um, including the pastor that was there at the time, all took a trip out to Willow Creek um, to attend one of their early church conferences. And they spent a couple of days um, in Chicago after the conference just dreaming and praying mm-hmm. um, because they wanted something different for this church. Um, they weren't happy with um, just accumulating people from other churches, and they saw the potential. And they heard about Willow Creek. They went out there. And it was really at that conference that God solidified the vision for Bethel. And so about a year and a half later, as they began to look for another pastor, and ironically, the pastor who left, who preceded me, um, when the vision for the church really solidified coming out of that 
conference at, at Willow, he realized he wasn't the person to lead the church into the new vision, So and he stepped so, down. So he was as instrumental, in a, in a way, you know, of, oh, I, of what happened those next few years. He know. was an absolute man of integrity because he, instead of fighting to hang on to a job, right. he said, God's doing something at this church that I cannot lead because I'm just not gifted. I'm not wired that way. And so he understood it as his time here was coming to an end and God would open up another opportunity for him, which he did. And it's that vacuum that gave me an opportunity to step into the leadership here at Bethel. So here's a lesson for pastors who are listening, and that is that at times you may have to make a decision based on your ability to do what you feel like God's calling your church to do. And probably a lot of guys will, they'll just kind of force their way through something without just admitting to themselves and to their to their people that, hey, God has not designed me to do what I believe we all want this church to do. Exactly. And, 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 and there's no shame in that. Right. Because the pastor who left before I came has gone on and he's doing great things for God, but in a different venue. Right. And he had, I always say he had the character to look inward and say, God is doing something that he doesn't want me to be a part of here. Hmm. And God blessed him by moving him on to other things. And that was that, that was a neat lesson for me to say. Absolutely right about that. And so another lesson just from what you've said to me is that you have to fit the community and the church that you're going into and the way this goes now in our culture today, and especially in America, you could be like me, who's in Amsterdam, New York, you know, one month, and then three months later, he's in northwest Iowa, 1,500 miles away, and may or may not fit the community, but here I am. So, yeah. you know, what I'm... And, and you know, under, we understand that God can do anything. I mean, God can work through, you know, all kinds of different situations. So it's a never-say-never never type deal. But... There is something to be said for recognizing where you fit, who your people are, and being able to just step in. So you had two things. Number one, you knew the community. You were one of them, as was your wife. I mean, how common is that? I mean, a lot of a lot of guys that are in ministry they met at Bible college, you know, or right, right. somewhere else, and so they're not even from the same area. But you and your wife were, and you had people in your church that had a common vision that you had for ministry in that church. Yes. Um, soon after I arrived at Bethel, maybe two or three years after I arrived, um, not far from where we were at the time. Um, we heard of a church plant, a denomination um, was putting a lot of resources in our area, planting churches. Mm-hmm. And so um, I went to visit the pastor to welcome him to the community and just to sort of build a bridge and um, invited them to the church to meet with, you know, the team and stuff like that. And I remember as I drove away from that initial meeting saying to myself, this church, this guy is never going to make it Hmm. because he was from the deep South, had a deep Southern draw and was a devout Dallas Cowboys fan. Gee, Rob, what, uh, I can't imagine what denomination, let's see, that that might be. Maybe like Northern Catholic or? I, 
Yeah, I I, I prefer not to mention <laughs> names. Sorry, <laughs> but you know, he, so here is a here's a guy with a deep Southern draw, and a devout Dallas Cowboys fan. He wears the Dallas Cowboys stuff. It's on his car. It was in his office, and he spoke about it very passionately, you know, from the front, he would say how he would tease all of the people in Philadelphia that would come to his church about how much better the Cowboys are. And what I tried to explain, (laughs) what I tried to explain to this guy is Philly is a football town. So if you were from, you know, if you were cheering for another baseball team or hockey team or a basketball team, we have all, all, that's okay. But this is a football town. And I tried to explain to him that you're going after unchurched guys who are devout Eagles fans. They're going to be put off by that. And he just, just something that simple, he didn't understand. Yeah. I think it was less than a year later, he was gone and the church was gone. And, you know, you, you may listen to that and say, well, what does that have to do with anything? But if you understand the Philadelphia culture, you understand that the guys who we this is a union town this is a football town and the guys love their unions and they love their football team and so what we've (laughs) chosen to do with that at bethel is we play it up so during the football season you know so football just started again and you will start to see jerseys everywhere in our services. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. people are wearing their jerseys. And every once in a while, somebody has the audacity to wear a Cowboys jersey or a Giants jersey. We will actually ridicule them and make fun of them during our welcome. In, in brotherly and, love, though, right? In the city oh, of brotherly, brotherly love. love. This is the city of brotherly love. But we, we do it in fun. <laughs> and, and Or sometimes during my talk, I'll find a way of making fun. But we do it because everybody can relate to it and we have fun with it. Right. But we, we're trying to use what is part of the unique culture of Philadelphia to build a bridge. And so some guys who come out the church who see us doing that are put at ease because we're, you know, for example, this past weekend when I did the teaching, I had a two-minute video clip that the Philadelphia Eagles put together for this year. For your, for your church? And we showed it, I showed it in the service. No, the, the, the Eagles put it together for your church, right? No, they put it together as a, oh. as a promotional piece for oh, them. I was getting excited. And uh, I wish. And um, but what they say in their video is what makes the the eagle experience so special and unique is it's because it's not about I, it's about we. Oh right. And they say right. it's always been about we. Well, they have to say that because we have no Super Bowl wins, so they have to come up with something <laughs> creative. But what I did was so we showed the video, and it shows great hits, and you know all these great things that the Eagles have done over the years. People are cheering and stuff. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, I just said how the Eagles understand something a lot of us as Christ followers don't understand. It's not about me as an individual, it's about we, and it's always been about we. So we're always looking for things like that to make the connection with people, because that's the culture here. So when you talk about understanding your culture, you are a fit where you are, and I know you are, because I visited you in New York, and I visited you in Iowa. And while the culture between the two is different, there are plenty of similarities between the two, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah, well, and, yeah, small and, town in both states. 
Exactly. And you, you and your family fit there. Because when you visit me in, in Philadelphia or I visit you in Iowa, after a day or two, we look at each other and say, I go crazy here. <laughs> because we don't fit. I was telling but, Johnny, I was telling Johnny last night in anticipation of this call today that, uh, you know, you're, you're the greatest guy in the world. You know, we've been best friends. Rob, <laughs> this fall is 30 years, baby. And, yeah. I, and I said, you know, we, we'll always be best friends. We we probably could never do ministry together, but but we're best friends, right? I think that's why we've been best friends for so long. We never see each other. No, but so so another lesson that you're talking about is, you know, I'm thinking of a young pastor out there who's looking to take a church. All right, he's he's fresh out of seminary, or he's fresh out of a of a two year failed ministry yeah. attempt, yeah. and he's hungry and he's ready to take anything. You know, you, you've been there. I've been there. I remember when we were yeah. both there at different times. What, what yep. would you tell? What would you tell this young lady or this young man who they want to get into a ministry and they're willing to take anything? Wait for God to give you a place where you fit. And we're going to cut it off right there because the conversation goes on for quite a bit longer, and we will pick up with the rest of it beginning next week. Johnny, you weren't there to hear that. What do you think? That was a great conversation. I'm kind of bummed out that I missed that because that that was high-quality stuff. I can tell just by listening to him that Rob has a passion for ministry, Um, and he's a big goofball like you, which is terrible. But he's serious. He's serious about ministry. He's serious about reaching people for Christ. And that's that's really, I think, what comes through even all the tomfoolery that, <laughs> yeah. that you two yeah. shared. Well, and two, the, the great thing that I appreciate about Rob is, you know, I said that he has the, his first gift is leadership, but I also think that he's gifted in just loving his people. And the people at Bethel, you know, I see, I see pictures of them online, and I met a few of them when I was there, even though I wasn't there over the weekend. There's just a, there's just a grace atmosphere and a love atmosphere at Bethel, and uh, it's, it's just really cool. That's really awesome. Um, I, I look forward to having Rob on more often in the future. Uh, I want to talk to him now. I think we he, should... yeah, yeah, but he said if he was going to be on, he didn't want you on the podcast. Oh, I see. When he was on. So he wants to know when you're going to be gone, when your vacations are going to be. <laughs> the jealousy goes yeah, both yeah. ways, well, huh, Rob? I, I, I got, I'm watching you, Rob. I'm watching <laughs> you. <laughs> no, that was great, though. Uh, thanks so much to him for being on the podcast and helping us out today. And we want to thank you for listening to this episode. We've got some really great episodes coming up in the future. Uh, We're glad that you listen, and we would ask you to go to iTunes and go to the 200 Churches podcast there. Leave us a review. If this is something that you've uh, been encouraged by, and you know that our heart is to to encourage pastors. We really don't want to tell you how to do your ministry. We don't want to tell you what to believe or tell you, you know, doctrinal stuff. You know, we think that, you know, you're you're working on that stuff. The one thing that you can never get enough of as a small church pastor is just encouragement. Just the just the opportunity for us to get together like this and to talk and to share and just to open ourselves up with each other and just have a good time and be encouraged in ministry. So you can help us with that by giving us a review on podcasts, and that'll raise it up in the ratings a little bit so that guys that are looking for podcasts like ours, it will show up more quickly on, on their searches. Uh, but that's something we'd love for you to do. We, again, Johnny, we don't ask for money. Nope. We just ask for reviews. Exactly. And that just takes a little bit that's of your cheap. time. Yeah. yeah, and you can keep your wallet shut. So, 
Hey, it's been a great time today. We appreciate having you on the 200 Churches Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. Feel free to give the guys feedback or ask questions at 200churches.com. And remember, the leadership that you provide in your 200 church matters big in the kingdom of God.